listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, the following, journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Well, a nicer guy couldn't have. I'm the man of the hour. The man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the Macho Man. Yeah. The best there is. The best there was. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Two words for you. Two words. Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's season four, episode seven. And I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, spreading holiday joy in your general direction. As always, I am your host, Nate. And today, joining me, one half of the world's greatest tag team. You guys know him and love him. Welcome back once again. Buckles! How's it going, my dude? We got it is uh, well. We are on the eve of Christmas right now. We got we got Santa Nate and Bucky Claus tonight. <laughs> oh, Santa Nate and Bucky Claus. I like that. <laughs> uh, but we are on the eve of Christmas. As people are listening to this, it is Christmas Day. We are also on the last of our shows for 2019. That's right. So. We got to do something different and special, and while we've been doing an amazing job, in my humble opinion, of covering all the crazy news that is professional wrestling in this current boom, now we got to sit back and reflect a little bit, man. It's been a hell of a year. It really has. It really has, man. And, like, I I, I got to say, just thinking back to the beginning of, of 2019 and how, how really, how as uh, cliche as it sounds, how far back that was and how much things have progressed in the world of wrestling since January 2019. It's a little weird. It's honestly strange to think about. Well, and I mean, thinking back to that last year, January 1st is a very big day because it's the day that we learned Double or Nothing was going to be a thing. That's right. It's also the day we learned AEW was going to actually officially be a thing. That's right. The birth of uh, Le Champion. Well, the pre-birth well, of Le not Le the Champion. birth of Le Champion necessarily, but the birth of uh, heel Jericho and the thank you that became Le Champion. Yeah, absolutely. So we have sped fast through. Like I said, 2019 really has genuinely been a boom in wrestling. We have many promotions that are killing it. We have independent circuits that are killing it, and now can get into people's homes by way of you know the Beyond Wrestling app and whatnot, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we have the first. We thought today we had, would be a perfect time to reflect on 2019. 
and uh, do an award show. We typically do this on Journey into Wrestling. It's our fourth award show we've ever done. Bro, are you excited? I'm stoked. This was fun to do. This was fun. It was also difficult. Yes, it was. It was surprisingly difficult for a few of these categories. It's really hard right. to pick. Uh, well, well, what we're g- best go versus. Ahead. Sorry, I, I cut you off like a dick. Oh, you're fine. It's it's really difficult to pick best versus favorite, honestly, because somebody that you may like the most may not have had the best year, and somebody who had the best year may not be your particular favorite. But you got to respect where well you said. respect. Okay. Well, let's just get into brass tacks. You and I are going to be revealing our picks independently. Then we're going to talk a little bit about it, what we thought about it, why this is the moment right. that we chose. I'm also going to. I'm also going to. After we finish up doing the picks, uh, after this episode drops, I'm going to put uh, these same categories up on the Facebook page. So anybody listening, go ahead and let us know what your answers are too. I'm kind of curious to see what you thought of our answers, our picks. And let us know what you thought some of your picks might be for these categories. Luckily for me, I'm going to have all these written down for you so I can just send them over to you so you can add that, like, this is what Nate picked, this is what I picked. Good man. And then that way people can be like, oh, point of reference. I understand wrestling a little bit better. That's my dude. (laughs) All right. Well, first category is up. This is a newer category to the Journey into Wrestling uh, awards ceremony. Best comedy match and or moment. You want to go ahead what and start off? What do you have going here? I had uh, the Gentleman Jervis uh, Orange Cassidy match. Oh. Um, you and I have talked at length about Orange Cassidy and how much of a treasure he is. And Jervis Cottonbelly is, uh, in his own right, a fantastic comedic wrestler. And the two of them just put on an all-timer. Um just wonderful spots, and I don't think I've laughed harder at a match in quite a while. Um, almost gave it to uh, Colt Cabana and um, Torriano, but I think Jervis Cottonbelly and OC put on a little bit better. I also have Orange Cassidy <laughs> alongside of Gentleman Jervis for my comedic match of the year. Couple spots stick out in my mind. <clears throat> you have the actual sleeper. <laughs> you had the, uh, you know, Cassidy loses his shades. Jervis pauses the match to give him his shades mm-hmm. back. What? Such a gentleman. Such a gentleman. And then, of course, you had uh, a holy poop chant. <laughs> Because you can't say holy right. shit, gentlemen, Jervis, right. gentlemen. Uh, it's just it's just a lot of wonderful in one in a, about a ten minute match. It's well worth the time and well worth the laugh. Absolutely well said, man. I couldn't agree more. I think we hit the nail on the head. I will say a close contender in this, and I almost wrote it down. Was the Orange Cassidy Tommy Dreamer moment during the uh, buy-in? Yeah, I could see that during All Out. I could see that. Kind of the first uh, introduction of the wider world to the beauty of Orange Cassidy. Yeah, and just the ridiculousness of the the lackadaisical right. kicks that get the, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Like, I, I just love it. You got to love so and commentary putting it over the whole time of, oh, God, how's he going to come back from this? Such devastating strikes. Oh, I love it. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, you want to introduce our next category, bro? I believe that is the uh, 
best angle and worst angle. Okay, so I want to hear worst for first. me. I want to hear worst first because I think you and I might be in agreement on this. It's pretty easy. It's I mean I think it's universally the like one of the worst angles that have been done in current wrestling history. Go for it, Lana Rusev Lashley. Yes, a thousand times yes. <laughs> in this bizarre, nobody wants to see your Jerry Springer ass. What the fuckedness uh, on wrestling? Which is still, I believe it's in its like fourth month going. It's still on. You're not Edge and Lita, damn no, it. No, you're not. And the, w- the sad thing is, Edge and Lita was compelling because it was realistic, whereas Lana and Lashley can't act. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, a good runner-up for this actually involved Lashley. was uh, the Lashley sisters with uh, Sami Zayn uh, towards the beginning of the year. It's just reinforcing to me that for whatever talent Lashley has in the ring – the guy is just charisma black hole. I cannot stand him. Well, that's why he never went anywhere in the company mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Impact Wrestling was dumb enough to put, like, a world title around him for you a know, time. I will say he wasn't as bad in Impact, but mostly because he was surrounded by people who could emote for him. So, presented differently and written better, made up for it. The This time Absolutely. in WWE, you have neither of the two, so... So we definitely agree on worst angle. What did you have as your best angle? Okay, honestly, I'm going to break it down because it has a little bit of realism in it. Sure. It had a little, a little bit of uh, brutality in it. Okay. And the tension they created with not spending a lot of time actually being physical with each other was magic. And that's Kenny Omega, John Moxley. Okay. I thought, personally, that... In the new, you know, AEW promotion, you need something like that that has some realism. You know, they're supposed to just have this match because Mox surprise shows up at Double or Nothing, right? But then his MRSA in his elbow and getting hurt really set Kenny on this like different fucking warpath. Yeah, and I I don't think that was the original play. I think that is. Definitely hard improv of like, oh, Mox got hurt. How can we use this? Right. And one of your, not only Mox getting hurt, but one of your bigger stars, your bigger draws, your bigger names getting hurt. Who just got everybody hyped on your company. Yeah. Somebody you're kind of counting on to spearhead your initial push of your show is down for the count for the next, you know, foreseeable future. That's a huge thing. And, yeah, they, they rolled with it well. Kenny actually had a great promo, which almost never happens. Uh, uh, on I, was, I believe it was on Being the Elite uh, out of it. And really does pull – they did pull a rabbit out of their hat in terms of getting that storyline worked well and built it to a great crescendo with the uh, Lights Out match. Absolutely. That's why I had it, yep. man. So now i got to know for you, if you're giving this award out, who gets it? Um, I actually have to give it to, uh, Kofi Kingston and Kofi Mania. Um, the most probably compelling grabbed everybody and again, not planned angle of the year to me is, uh, the spot that was originally supposed to go to Ali for the elimination chamber, 
Uh, Ali gets hurt. They rotate it to Kofi Kingston, and the fans everywhere jumped on it because he was universally loved, uh, universally respected. You have a great story in the New Day supporting him, uh, both you know behind the curtain and on screen. And you actually have WWE addressing in some way the latent racism that has been present in their own company uh, for years. And you get Kofi being the first uh, African-American legitimate champion. And how many times, like, I remember watching that match and just waiting for them to mess it up, waiting for, you know, uh, the wrong step and to put Brian over, which never thought you'd see yourself cheering against against Daniel Bryan or WrestleMania, but such a great story. I mean, you had people breaking down in tears in the crowd, watching it backstage. Just an absolute moment in time that, in terms of WrestleMania, should go over in history as one of the best moments ever. So, uh, to me, that whole lead-up of... Uh, Kofi going through the gauntlet and then going through Elimination Chamber and then another gauntlet, having to deal with Vince, having to deal with his ghosts of Randy Orton uh, into Daniel Bryan, who is, uh, you know, someone who's just come back to the company, you know, not even a year prior and is, you know, new lease on life. You have this wonderful feud, wonderful match and the best possible outcome. Um so, yeah, Kofi Mania absolutely gets best uh, angle of the year to me. Well, and I think if we were to compare and contrast that Kofi Mania would actually win this award because you are right, it is definitely a more overall captivating. I don't know. I feel really weird. I'm going to be real honest with sure. our fans right now. You're not going to see a lot of, like, main roster WWE for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because... They real like WWE product has really soured me this year as as a brief you know that's not an award we're not handing out the Baron Corbin award this year that's but true. WWE would definitely get it it's true like, um, ugh. it's I it's something I noticed you'll see kind of bearing out along my uh, my matches and, and and winners that I picked this year is it's kind of surprising because you have AEW now as actual contenders uh, for a lot of WWE's things that they would have had you know, in the bag because they're WWE, they're the only ones that get that kind of exposure. So this has been, it was a very interesting exercise going ahead and picking these and actually seeing what all bared out. Um, so where do we went from best angle, worst angle? Uh, from that, I went to worst match. It's a worst match of the year. <clears throat> what do you got? Okay. Worst match of the year for me. And we've talked about it on this show ad nauseum. Featured a cell, <laughs> red lights, yep. the death of the Rollins stomp, yep, and the loss of understanding for what it means to be professional wrestling. Yes, that uh, that was my pick as well. The uh, Bray Wyatt Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell match. It's written down in my little book, my friend. That is, it's not only the worst match of this year, that may be one of the worst matches in recent memory. Um, yeah. Just for the complete cluster that that became. I mean, it's up there in infamy with the finger poke of doom match, in my opinion. It's, in its own way, it's not the, you know, poorly worked match that was the infamous, you know, minus five stars 
women's impact match, which may go down as the worst match in history. But it's not the worst worked match, but it's the worst scripted match I think I may have ever seen. Like, it failed on literally every account. You have... Absolutely. You know, you bury, a th- you bury multiple finishers. You bury uh, Rollins as a performer. You bury the fact that Wyatt can even be hurt. And then somehow you don't get a finish. Because the ref chooses to stop the match. Right, what? just the most boneheaded, ass-backwards clusterfuck of a match and can be laid completely on the feet or at the at the feet of WWE creative and not necessarily the performers. Uh Rollins and Wyatt did the best they could with what they were given and what they were given was absolute dog shit. So uh what do we have right. from there? Most improved? I think we should probably talk about these the promo, the best do promo? promo. Okay. Uh because we were just talking about the best angle, best promo. I don't know. It seems kind of fitting. Sure. Uh, I know we discussed worst promo. I don't know how to quantify that. I would say anything that came out of Lana's I, mouth would probably you just took quantify the words that. Right out but... of mine, man. Anytime that huh? Lana opened her mouth in the last six months would probably be the worst promo. God, and I, recently they they were somewhere. I don't remember where WWE was, and she was trying to cut a promo, and the crowd was so loud you couldn't even hear her. Mm-hmm. They were booing her, so, I mean, she's almost got that Vicky Guerrero heat. Yeah, except Vicky Guerrero is beloved, and Lana is just wanting, they just want her gone. Um, but I'm talking, think about Vicky when she first started the Excuse Me. That's true. People that's true. fucking hated that's her. True. So I, I don't know if I would give, I would give worse promo to Lana, but not for any one particular promo, but just for body of work in general, maybe. <laughs> Lack of body of work, bro. Lack. That works for me. Her uh, acting ability is that oh of a God. fucking cardboard cutout of herself. Oh, God. There was a moment, I want to say, probably the second or third promo that she cut regarding the the divorce or whatever, that she messed up the distance that, that Rusev was supposed to be kept from her. Like she jumped from like twenty miles to fifty miles or some weird thing, and Lashley had to correct her in the ring, and they had to ad lib from there, and it was just painful. <laughs> bad, just so bad. So okay, terribly bad. So what would your best then be? Well, we're gonna talk about two sides of the very similar coin because I know we, you briefly touched on yours. Mine's from Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Mine's a heel promo. Okay. And mine is the first official heel outing of MJF. I could buy that. After the turn on Cody, after uh, Full Gear. The um, Cody was holding me back kind of thing and uh, keeping me under his thumb kind of deal. Yep. I could see that. It was just like MJF Unleashed, and I think he is... Um, well, we'll be talking about that in a minute too, but like, I'm just very impressed with the year he had. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, he is someone that in the future, I believe as the years progress as young as he is, I believe he's only like 23 or 24, maybe even younger, that that is your heel of the future. Uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking about him more here in a bit. Um, as far as uh, best promo for me, 
Actually, I had the gentleman he cut that promo on, Cody, uh, cut the promo of his life uh, on Jericho before Full Gear. This was my very close mm-hmm. second, honestly. Honest to God, I almost had Cody written down mm-hmm. for the same thing. Yeah. Um, the you know mocking of him of Jericho being the same Silver Spoon upbringing because of his dad being a famous hockey player and you stupid dick or you know you call me an entitled millennial bitch I call you a carny succubus I love it and uh, getting this wonderful just just shitty dig on. You know, Jericho's uh, biography being for, you can buy for $3 at any flea market. Just so wonderful. Um, Yeah, that's a real thing. Check. You can really buy it. Oh, absolutely. Buried him. Cody, this year, has become one of the best baby faces in wrestling. And I never in a million years would have called that. And I I believe when when that promo actually went up, I think I put on Facebook and I said, like, I messaged you and said, dude, this is Cody's hard times promo. Like, it may not be, it's not going to be as the quality of the Hard Times promo. That's an all-timer, but it's his Hard Times promo. This is his absolute reach out through the screen. I'm touching your hand, you're touching mine, connecting with the crowd. Good on you, man. It was the closest we've seen Cody be Dusty. Yes. While maintaining Cody 100% authentically, if that makes any sense. Right. And because yeah. it was like, hey, man, I grew up with my dad talking shit and cutting promos, you know, like I lived it. And now he gets to have that moment where it's not WWE putting a script in front of him. To say these fucking right. words. It's him going out there and Jericho saying, man, you can give me the what for. You could say anything you want and it's going to make for great storytelling. Like I said, cut loose. He is. And he cut loose. He is very good at connecting with an audience and again he's become one of the better baby faces in professional wrestling regardless of promotion right now and i don't know that i ever would have called that because he plays such a great heel when he wants to so definitely my favorite promo of the year uh i will say my my second place was probably moxley uh getting his finally getting to go full bore on a mic for the first time at aew not too long before full gear uh, going off about being unsanctionable. Um, they call me unsanctionable. Yeah. Um, also, his napalm death promo was pretty dope. That was. And, uh, yeah, I definitely can agree with that one as well. Um, I do want to give a bit of a shout-out to also uh, Ronda Rousey had a very good promo uh, when she turned heel, uh, talking about how she was booed in her own hometown and you know finally embracing the fact that her character was becoming a heel anyway. And had a very good promo. It was kind of all over the place, kind of sloppy. But for her, for being the first time that she'd really gotten to get some actual character work in there, did a great job. Yes. Um, Agree. I think from there, you want to do most improved? Yeah, sure. I I really had a difficult time with this because when you, what do you think when you think of most improved? Like, just quality better from worse to better or like stock has improved over the course of the year? Well, I think it's a couple things. You need to look at um, match quality. If you've seen them mm-hmm. working or does match a that you saw early in 2019 look exactly like their match Z that they're okay. doing at the end of 2019 
or can you tell that they've stepped their game up where there might have been, gotcha. let's okay. say, just in-ring errors, little things like missing the ropes and shit. You know, those are important things. But then not only that, and most improved is also your stock rising, like yep. you said. Okay. Your ability to cut a promo on the mic when given the opportunity. Okay. So, yeah, I think you and I your are on the same page. Your ability to carry though. TV if given the opportunity, you know? All right. So, I think we were on the same page as far as our uh, criteria. So, let's hear what you got. Man, we were just talking about the motherfucker. Honestly, MJF, most improved, hands down. I don't know if I'd agree with that one at all, man. Really? Really. Interesting. Stock-wise, sure. But quality of matches, he's only had a handful of matches in AEW at this point. And yeah, but I mean, I've seen... I've I've peeked into MJF a little bit beyond just what he's been doing that's in fair. AEW. That's fair. That's fair. I, I to me like his quality of matches in MLW hasn't really improved so much, and his his promos have been great from start to finish. So I I still okay. see the same kind of guy. Stock's definitely improved. I will give you that. I'm interested to know who you have here now. John Moxley. Oh, dude! Now I feel like such a dunce. <laughs> Think about where he was at the beginning of this year. He was okay, miserable. Well, I'm just gonna mark off MJF. <laughs> you have right, miserable, miserable Dean Ambrose at the beginning of the year. You know, at the absolute end of his rope at WWE, which, which we didn't know at the time. He was pushing fresh off a hot dog cart, and I wasn't pushing the hot dog cart at the beginning of the year. But he was coming back. He had just been brought back. I want to say it. Uh, it wasn't at the Rumble. I can't remember what pay per view he actually came back as uh, Rollins' second for. But didn't hardly even say a word. Had a great return. Um, you know what? It was a. It was the end of last year that he came back because uh, it was right after. It was in October after Reigns's uh, leukemia diagnosis, and yep. uh, he turned heel at that point towards the end of last year. So, come the beginning of 2019, he's you know wearing a, a surgical mask and a gas mask to the ring and getting shots in his ass and it just. Just terrible, absolute horrible character work. You can tell his heart wasn't in it. Uh, match quality wasn't anywhere near what it should have been because he wasn't anything. He's a very character-oriented wrestler, and nothing is working for him. So just uh, pretty much the end of his rope in WWE. And then I think six months, eight months later, you have the hottest name in professional wrestling in John Moxley between his uh, Jericho interview into the appearance at Double or Nothing into the match at Full Gear to uh, he to him being the face of AEW at the moment. Maybe not the champion, but definitely the public face of it. He is arguably one of the most important people in professional wrestling for this year. And came into pro wrestling 2019 as just miserable. So just absolute improvement from one part of the year to the other. I'm going to agree with you. I marked down MJF because I wasn't thinking about John Moxley like that because I felt like, again, and you got me on not looking at the whole year, uh, but Mox is only in my head for May. Right. You know, like Dean Ambrose was dying. Right. So I'm not really thinking about that. But then when you say that, it's like, man, you're right. You had a full death of a character, like a transformation. 
back to his old self, old indie days self, mm-hmm. in a way that I think he really wished WWE would have just allowed him to do. Oh, absolutely. Not, uh, not a doubt in my mind. But that was never going to happen. I, actually, earlier this week, I sent you a link on Messenger, and I can probably find it and put it up back up on the Facebook page. There is a promo compilation of a lot of his old uh, CZW and Independent Day John Moxley uh, promo work uh, that actually is what turned me on to John Moxley as a person, as a wrestler early on. I found that video probably four or five years ago. And yeah. to this day, I it's still watch it. a great one, too. Oh, God. And But you, you mentioned him going into WWE and what he wanted that character to be. Look at some of his FCW stuff. Uh, his feud with William Regal, his promos there are very much prototypical of what he's doing now. And I, you can tell that's absolutely what the plan was for him, at least in his own mind, before WWE Creative just absolutely brick-housed him. So... Uh, I may, yeah, I may have to go put that link up on the Facebook page. That is one of my favorite videos on YouTube, so I will have to see if I can get that up there. Um, sure, let's do it. I think next uh, was best promo was promotion of the year. So yeah, best I think promotion. we're gonna have a disagreement on this, but I I think that we might also agree. I'm not sure actually. We'll see. I'm curious to see hear yours. Well, I think like this. Okay, if you're looking purely at like who has made the biggest splash. Sure, you have to say a AEW, right. no, no doubt. However, they were kind of riding on the heels of everything they had been building in New Japan, ROH, mm-hmm. everything in the Indies, being the elite's popularity that launched them into this like hemisphere of insane success for this early of a promotion. Right. I know some people are going to be like. Yeah, but have you seen some of the places that they go to and there's not a lot of people in the crowd? And I'm like, true. yeah, but they're new markets that no wrestling Very goes true. to. Very true. So wait till they go back a second time. And if it's still fucking empty, they probably shouldn't go back to that market, at least. You know? Very true. But, but they are not, in my opinion, the promotion of the year. Swerve. Okay. Because I think it's harder... To reinvent something that has already had existence, history, lineage, and legacy to battle with. So I think the brilliance of Billy Corrigan bringing NWA back to life by way of using power as his masterful fucking chip of brilliance. I mean, I'm just going to call it like I sees it. Free in any person's home who has internet. And wrestling fans all over the world are going to fucking mark out and lose themselves because there's already names in there that people like. That's very true. My promo or my promotion of the year is NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. I I do have to uh, agree with you that I do think NWA is a very valid promotion and was very close to being my number one in terms of impact and everything else. Um, I do also agree that I don't think it was AEW purely because I wanted to get, I kind of looked at this whole year in terms of show to show, what was the best quality week in week out, um, looked at the number of pay-per-views, what always had the highest, you know, average content, what was always, you know, keeping a good standard, a consistent standard of being high quality. 
and AEW is right up there, but they've only got six months worth of body show for it. Um, with you know Double or Nothing being back in what June or July, um, late May, late May twenty fifth. Okay, so a little over six months, but they haven't quite. And Dynamite being fantastic for what it is. Don't get me wrong, I love Dynamite. I think that it's only next four months year, old though. What's that? It's only four months old though. It's mm-hmm. still new, and they've had they've not been without their hiccups too. So I mean they've had they've had issues with you know getting things off the ground, getting their women's division started up, you know getting their their ranking systems still need to be fleshed out a little bit more. There's still some shortcomings within AEW. I think they will get fixed. I think next year AEW legitimately could be the best promotion. This year to okay. me, consistency wise, quality wise, I have to give it to NXT. I knew you were going to say it. Um. If you look back throughout the year, really even past the year, but just look at 2019, when was the last time you could say you watched a TakeOver card and didn't appreciate everything on that card? Every card no, that they put together. you can't because they literally mm-hmm. always are bangers, dude. Every one of them is all kill or no filler. And they went from doing that with pre-tape shows to start the year off all the way through October um, doing a one-hour show a week and consistently maintaining that great quality, both match structure, feuds, promos, everything, character building, uh, hands down the best women's division in North America. And then they switched up to October. Now they're live. Now they're two hours. That's a whole different animal, and they hit the ground running. They've still produced great shows week in and week out. NXT is the most consistent pro, uh, promotion on the planet, I think. Even I love New Japan, and I think they're even they have down cards. Even they have, you know, moments where it's like, okay, I, you're just kind of treading water here. NXT is always moving forward. Their content is great. Their quality, of their wrestling matches are fantastic. Their characters are well developed. The writing is a lot better, and you never leave with a down show almost. So, in my mind, that consistency puts NXT at the forefront every every time. So, NXT definitely has to be my promotion of the year. I do think AEW has a legitimate chance of catching them next year. But I think for this year, for 2019, I think you have to give it to NXT. Okay. I uh, Like I said, I gave my reasons for NWA. I do think the quality of NXT matches and the quality of their cards are unmatched. You're right. If you... Because, I mean... Look, I'm not going to lie. There are a couple of NWA matches or a couple performers on their roster that I'm just bored to tears with. That's completely fair. But not necessarily. I can't really say that with NXT. So we'll give it to NXT. Right. I'm in on that. Let's uh, let's look at the best tag team of this year, brother. Uh, for best tag team, I actually i will keep it in NXT. Um, if you look, again, at consistency throughout the year, I haven't seen them have a bad match yet. And honestly, they had my favorite tag team match of the year was uh, Undisputed Era, uh, specifically Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. The Red Dragons, right. as it were. Right. Um, Old school. But everything that they've done this year, every match they've been in, they've done great. They've worked with just about everybody they could, uh, even into the main roster match at uh, Survivor Series. They consistently put on great matches. 
Um, they're at the forefront of all the main angles in NXT, which is something that even in AEW, where the tag teams have a lot more prominence, they're not the tag teams themselves are not always at the forefront of the main feud. Um, so they're the one they're the one tag team that you can say is always consistently at the top of the show. Okay, I like that. How about you? I wrote down somebody else though. Sure. Ah. Who we got? The Zero Miedo. Okay, that was Lucha yes. Brothers, bro. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen. I have to say, I mentioned something to you off air about how difficult it was to not pick best versus favorite. I may have thought that Undisputed Era was the best. Lucha Brothers are by far my favorite tag team to watch. I mean, listen. I, coming into 2019, let's see, I'm trying to think of this. Coming into 2019, I think I had, what, seen a small handful of Ooh. Pentagon Junior matches. Ooh. I mean, it was Penza and uh, Kenny at All In, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had Penta somebody at Wrestle Kingdom, I feel. Uh, he's not done Wrestle Kingdom yet. It wasn't maybe it wasn't Wrestle King. There was some other event though that Penta did a, a, a singles match. It was really fucking good, but then it it wasn't until again, of course, AEW really taking off that I started paying attention to the tag team of mm-hmm. Phoenix and Pentagon. And honestly, I'm a huge fan. Oh yeah, uh, there's their no work reason style, not to their yeah. work rate, their ability to use the ring masterfully. Um, no, absolutely. You're 100% right. Um, and like I said, a couple seconds ago, they're hands down my favorite tag team to watch. Um, I've seen a lot more of Pentagon and Phoenix just because I'm an old Lucha Underground fan and used to watch True. the two of them just tear it up there. Even not, even as singles wrestlers, but I've also watched them in MLW. I've watched them in impact. I've watched them in triple A. Um, they are, these one of the smoothest one of the you're going to get great match quality with them no matter who they're fighting um and they're both great singles wrestlers to boot so i yeah i they are definitely my favorite i have no fault whatsoever in seeing you rank them at number one um i the only reason i even went i i the only reason i gave undisputed air the edge over them is just because they're again they're always in the main part of the. They're the main focus of the show every time. Sure. So that totally being the top of the that. cards, what put them up there for me. Um, but no, nothing wrong with picking those two as the best. Absolutely not. Um, Let's get a Lucha Bros versus Undisputed Era tag match. Uh, That's what I want to see. Uh, the yeah, take my money and take my pants while you're at it. I'm I'm all for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um. And, oh, speaking of tag teams, a little bit of rumoring here. Uh, there's something that come up in the last few days that uh, we're getting more rumblings of the Revival possibly leaving WWE. Um, the rumor is right now that Vince is booking them as a comedy uh, comedy duo for the time being because they haven't re-signed and may be on their way out. So if they are on their way out, got to think AEW is a pretty juicy landing spot. <laughs> I mean, considering you have a feud that the elite have been 
pretty much keeping alive All right. Absolutely. more than even the Revival can because they can't. I mean, subtly having the FTR hashtag on their pants mm-hmm. now, fuck the Revival, mm-hmm. is, is, is nice and subtle or whatever. But you're right, man. They're, and, and I tell you, if not if, I'm going to just come out and say when they go to AEW, if they don't decide to go to NWA because I feel like they would kill there too. Definitely agree there as well. Uh, I mean, just the way they work. The 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 they work just, you know, the revival work a rate that is old school heel, cut the ring off, brutal, definitely heavy hitter. Oh, definitely, they would be a just they're an ideal fit for NWA. I do think exactly. that I do think that AEW's got a better feature for them though. True, and I think they'll have a bigger impact. I will say I'll go on record now. Quote me on this: If they go to AEW, they're your tag team of the year next year. Ooh, shit. Because if they go to if they go to AEW, they will make that big of an impact. I love that prediction, Buckles. This is why we we don't pay him the big bucks, folks. <laughs> I'm really sorry. That's just a turn of phrase, but it's why he's the greatest co-host in the world cuz he's got a very good insight. I appreciate that. Let's look at number uh, our next our next category, bro. Um shocking moment. Or holy shit moment of 2019 now. I feel yours is going to be more based on a wrestling moment. Mine is more based on a moment moment. That's completely fair. Uh, but I want to know, you're absolutely right. what is your holy shit moment of 2019? Uh, to me, it is the Tommaso Ciampa uh, super air raid crash off the top of War Games. Oh, God, it was so good. Um and I've, I've replayed that in my head over and over and over again, thinking about spot of the year or moment of the year. And to me, it comes down to when you're watching them up there, not only are you watching the spot itself, which is ridiculous in its own right, but you have to think about the people involved in it. And you think about Adam Cole has had X amount of matches in the last, you know, 36 hours, you know, ladder match. He's been on SmackDown you know, he's got another match tomorrow night. Adam Cole's body is about at its breaking point already. And then you have Tommaso Ciampa, who is, I can't state this highly enough, fresh off a of neck surgery. He is also injury prone. Yes, he's injury prone. But again, fresh off, not just neck surgery, but like, you know, crippling neck surgery. Like, you may have had to retire, like, edge neck surgery. Like, you know, if this spot goes wrong, you might not walk away from it neck surgery. So every the moment they're up on the top of that cage, I'm thinking of all that and just going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, my God, don't do it. Oh, shit. Like, let this be a fake out. I, I, I re- remember standing and standing up in my living room and screaming at my TV, no, 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 no. So to me, I, I can't remember any other moment this year that has caused me to physically get out of my chair like that. So that has to be my number one. In in ring moment, I a thousand percent agree with you. So if we were to award an in ring based moment of holy shittedness based on a move, that is it. I will say the darts in ROH are close second. <laughs> yeah, that that's probably Can't my uh, that. hardcore spot of the year. Maybe uh, we're just don't please don't do that again. Moment. <laughs> Correct. But I will say the moment that had me stand up, even though. You gave me the heads up it was happening before I actually got a chance to physically watch with my own eyes. 
Holy shit moment of the year for me is Marty Skrull going to a going to NWA okay. into the fire. That's uh, I thought I had you predicted that was not what I would have had called. But yeah, I can see that. I mean, listen, big Marty Mark, love him. Mm-hmm. Huge fan, you know, seeing his work in the Super Junior Weights and 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 everything leading up with the being the elite before the temporary split, and then you had Flip and Marty take Japan, and, right? And, and and I just love Marty so much. So you know, you were like, "Do you really want to know?" And I was like, "Yeah, I gotta know, bro." And it was like he went to to NWA, and it was like a it caught me off guard because, as you've known, and I mean, I just said it earlier, it was for me NWA is my promotion of the year. I think my, Marty's my wrestler, yeah. so it was just like a. Holy shit! And how they did it was—I don't know if you've actually watched it or not, but like, I've seen the clips. Tasteful. I've not actually gotten to watch into the fire yet. I—I've uh, had too much for a busy month, unfortunately. Dude, it's also been Christmas time. Oh yeah, as we discussed earlier. So it's okay that you haven't watched it yet. I do encourage you to watch that whole event, though. It was very good. I've got the next uh, uh, high, uh, high, high marks from Nate. I've got the next seven days off with nothing to do, so there was a very high likelihood that that happens. <laughs> shit, yeah, hell yeah, bro. That's awesome. Uh, so Marty coming out, uh, the whole reigniting of the feud with him and Nick Aldis from the Crockett Cup. Okay. It doesn't get any better than that for me, man. Like, I already hate Nick Aldis from, like, back when he was, uh, Magnus. <laughs> yes, I would. I've in, in, in gone TNA, on record you know? the same thing, yeah. Uh, but it's weird because the more I watch NWA, the more I'm a mark for Nick Aldis now. Like, he just does it for me in a weird way see i'm still not I, he still was just dishwater dull to me i can't take him but well i think he's improved quite a bit especially if you watch this most not not the episode that dropped yesterday which was a day early right. by the way no i did i did see last week's episode so i have caught up with the, at least up until last week so so you saw the camille turn right. with wild card and everything right. i do i, see, I do I think, think putting a faction around him is a very good idea Exactly, and I love it, and I think that's a, a it's it's a smart thing. I can't wait to see. I'm gonna probably after we jump off here, go and watch the power that dropped yesterday. Right. Um, I will but, say I don't I, I don't think Marty's gonna be long for NWA, or at least he won't be a major guy there very long. I think I there's no part of me that thinks he's not going to go to AEW, and maybe well, he does. He both. has to. Maybe he does both, but I can't see him doing NWA over AEW. Do you know what's interesting? What's up? I feel like a lot of people might not know this. There's a lot of rumor and conjecture. Jim Crockett really didn't like AEW and the Bucks. He's been very critical on his podcast of them and whatnot. And, you know, really? calls Kenny Omega Kenny Olivier because he won't call him by the Omega thing. It's you know, whatever. But uh, Jim Crockett no longer being a part of – or Jim Crockett. Jim Cornette. Sorry, Jim Cornette <laughs> That's why was, no longer was being with there. NWA is good for them. Yeah, it is. And I, I don't know if you heard this, but did you hear about tonight's episode of Dark? Uh, I watched it. Depends on what uh, you're asking about. I mean, am I miss? Did I miss the mark? But I'm pretty sure I heard Colt Cabana is doing commentary. Oh yeah, yeah. Colt's on. Uh, Colt was on commentary, and he was fantastic, no less. Colt, he does he does commentary for Ring of Honor all the time, so he's not a you know brand new to it by any stretch. But he was actually probably my favorite color commentator. They've had other uh, other than maybe Janela's just 
bizarreness last the week prior. Uh, yeah, Janela was hilarious. Janela was amazing, but uh, Cabana was was solid and was great start to finish. So yeah, he was he was very much enjoyable on, on Dark tonight. So we also know that Cody took the title from Nick Aldis, mm-hmm. the NWA title, right? Mm-hmm. And then traded it back. Right. So, correct me if I'm wrong here, a little bit of conjecture. I know we've stepped away from the award just for a second. We're riffing on Marty and everything. But isn't it, like, safe money to take somebody like Marty, who everyone wants to see, in AEW? It's, it is, it's a... It's really it's a great play for NWA to pick him up, even for even if it's a short span. And truthfully, it wouldn't surprise me to see him doing both. Um, but let me further this though, sure. because my my question is: Do you think they're going to do the thing that I want them to do and actually put Charlotte on him, even just for a time? It doesn't have to be long. Uh, maybe he doesn't need to have a crazy title reign. It. To me, it depends on the relationship between AEW and NWA. And again, it could be a moot point if he, you know, bucks all the trends and doesn't go to AEW to begin with. But if he does, and there is a working relationship between the two, which there has been in the past with Cody, so there's no reason I think that there wouldn't be, um, I can see them taking that NWA title and defending it on an AEW pay-per-view. To give him a little exactly. bit more, to give him a little bit more rub. I don't know that they would necessarily, but I could see him doing it. But see, I love this. Like my, I'm, I'm just fantasy booking. Aldis ch- finally takes the challenge from Marty. Marty actually fucking beats him. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's like a holy shit moment. So Marty, maybe he was villain tactics, whatever. Has it for a short time. Aldis says, "I'll challenge you." You know, anywhere, anytime, any place, you name it. The next thing we see is Marty show up on AEW with right. Charlotte. He said, I'm the real champion. You Jericho or whoever's champ is like, what the fuck? This is very confusing. Right. And says, okay, all this, my turf, my people, you have to come here. But if you beat me, I'll leave NWA. And that's his out. Could be. I can see that. You know, And then they can just have him transition right to AEW, and it makes sense. It's storyline. It gives... NWA a higher rub. It gives Charlotte more airtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it literally is increasing stock for everybody if you do it that way and bring the fans along for the ride. I agree. And uh, they've kind of set a little bit of a precedent already with uh, Kenny defending the AAA Mega Campeonato, the Mega Championship on AEW Dark. Yes. So, I mean, absolutely. They've, they've, they've set that little bit of a precedent before. So, I mean, I could see them doing it. Again, there is a decent working relationship, or at least there was in the past, between Cody and NWA. So, yeah. no reason I think that channel isn't still open. So, I mean, I could definitely see it happening. Um, Where do we go from there? We have... Uh, I think we're at the most improves, right? We did most improved already. Uh, how about the uh, Falling Star Rising Star? I've got uh, oh yeah we got a falling star which I just I did picked one overall and then I've got a male and a female rising star. Um, in terms of falling star, and I can give you my my pick, but I'm going to ask you first. Can you tell me who the current Intercontinental Champion is? Shinsuke Nakamura. Did it take you more than ten seconds to think of? 
No, because I just remembered him getting that shiny new belt mm. that I'm kind of weirdly fond of, and it just, just sticks out That's to Shinsuke's belt. That's so. fair. To me, yeah. I actually had to think about it to figure. I had to remember. Wait a minute, who's IC champion right now? Nakamura has fallen so far off the map in terms of like match quality and really just presence alone for somebody who you couldn't take your eyes off of to someone who, oh yeah, he still works there. I, it was very odd to me to see him as someone that I couldn't even think of. And to me, that's the epitome of a falling star. Shinsuke really likes surfing, bro. Oh no, I'm not, I don't discount the fact that he is happy as a clown with where he is and what he's doing. Um, he just doesn't give a fuck. No, he is, he is living his high life right now and I don't blame him one bit. He's like, oh, you're going to put a title on me? I don't have to try, and I get to make money? Yep. Shit, yeah. Yep, and I'm going to have Sami Zayn doing my promo work for me. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ugh. And, you know, I will give hats off to Sami. I never thought he had that good of a heel promo in him, and he very much does. Um, But Nakamura, in terms of where he was last year, you know, feuding for the main title with AJ and, a, you know, series of highly acclaimed matches if they didn't go over so well. You know, dick kickathons, but um to where he is now where he's just kind of an afterthought, at best an afterthought. And they've got him paired with Cesaro, who is another great talent that can't get over the hump. And is in the same position he's been in for years. So to me, Nakamura is the one who's fallen for prominence the most. I think that you validate your point, which makes me just concede that I agree with you that <laughs> Nakamura deserves this award. Who did you I have? I had Braun Strowman written down. Uh, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Uh, from almost winning a world title against Brock to having all kinds of crazy fucking matches and moments to he was on fire in 2018. 2018's mm -hmm. Braun Strowman's fucking year. No, you're absolutely right. Um and he is cooled down like a hot coal thrown in the toilet. Definitely. Uh, he showed up on SmackDown last week, and I actually was surprised to see him. Thinking, oh, yeah, I forgot Strowman was on the show. I forgot he existed in this universe. I forgot he was on SmackDown. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. He uh, He's one of the biggest examples in the last uh, year and a half of not striking while the iron was hot. They had multiple chances to put it on, put the belt on him when he was the, you know, the guy that fans wanted to see it on, and they just, for whatever reason, decided not to. He's had a couple heel turns, a couple face turns. He's, uh, you know, well on his way to big showing it up, and the luster's come off, definitely. Ooh. So I honestly, that's a fine choice for falling star, definitely. So, female rising star. Uh, female rising star, I, I almost, almost gave this to Chris Statlander. I, I wrote her is, down and crossed her out. She is near and dear <laughs> to my heart. I did as well. Uh, the only reason I didn't is because she is just now hitting. Like, she's only been with AEW for a, the span of a month and a half. So, I think she's someone that you will see rise next year greatly. But this year... Not so much. I think she's just coming in at the very tail end of the year. My rising star for 2019 female would be Rhea Ripley. 
Well, we're in a grants. I wrote it down <laughs> too, Rhea Ripley. Uh, great year. Uh, you know, the first ever NXT UK champion, uh, women's champion, had a great series of matches with Tony Storm, uh, a great series of Haas fights with Piper Niven, to being just this force of nature on NXT having the great month of November that she did between war games into survivor series. And then finally this, this past week, uh, last week on, on NXT knocking off Baszler in a hell of a match. Finally decrowning the queen of spades. Um, did you, did you happen to watch that match? The, her title fight? I started it, and I'm not going to lie, bro. I was so dog-ass tired, I crashed before it ended, and I feel like a douche. Um, I'd get If you get a chance, rewatch it, because there are some great moments in it, and actually, she has one of my favorite character moments I've seen in a women's match in recent memory. Um, awesome. Baszler's got her pretty well deep in the Kirifuda clutch. She fights out of it a couple times, fights out of it a couple times. Uh, Baszler, just like a damn croc, just drags her back in multiple times. And it looks like they're going to do that pass out spot where she doesn't give up, but she passes out. And yep. the ref's, you know, grabbing her hand and, you know, checking her and checking her. And when she goes to drop her hand, she doesn't just do the, you know, oh, my arm springs back to life. She reaches out and fucking grabs the ref by the throat. <laughs> just like, don't you fucking dare. She just, don't like, she's still, think about it. still got the choke on her and she's just staring daggers into this ref who starts panicking. And he's like, okay, no, I won't, I won't, I won't. <laughs> Backs up. Done, done deal. I got gotcha. Oh, God. Great Enough end of the said. end of the match. Great moment. So, um, Obviously, they see huge things for Ripley, and I'm all for it. She is a hell of a wrestler. She's extremely young, and she's most likely the future of WWE's women's division going forward. Maybe not the Bro. immediate future, so I think they're still going to run with Becky and Baszler and the like for a little while longer. I mean, Baszler's almost 40, but four five years down the road, you're going to be talking about Rhea Ripley as the new age Charlotte. I think Rhea has a chance to do something that will be, she will breathe rarefied air in this era. How so? Do you know how I mean? How so? Well, right now she already is living as far as I can tell, and you might be able to correct me. So if I'm wrong about this, please do correct me. But Rhea Ripley is breathing most, most rarefied air already being the only NXT UK Women's mm -hmm. Champ and also NXT Women's Champ. Definitely. Now, couple that four or five years you were talking about. Add on uh, at least a one-time SmackDown Women's Champ. Add on at least a one-time Raw Women's Champ. And yep. she is the only woman who could be considered a true grand slam of women's wrestling in the the WWE uh, product. Um, I put Bailey up there considering she's won all the available titles other than the UK. She's also won the tag title that uh, Ripley hasn't yet. Ooh, so, I mean, Bailey's right up there. Bailey's, I think, got the legitimate claim probably first. So I think the... I'm, I may get my dates wrong here, but I think the women's tag titles were created just slightly before the NXT UK women's title was. Oh. I think. So she may have had the claim to first Grand Slam champion. Um, Bailey did. 
However, yeah. I do think that, I mean, you're talking Rhea Ripley over four or five years. There's every reason to think she could get a tag title run in there too. So, oh, yeah, for sure. I think that you're absolutely right that, you know, in the next four to five years, you could see Ripley having held every major title in existence for women's wrestling in WWE. Hell, there's a good chance she could have won uh, Money in the Bank or a Royal Rumble in that four or five year span as well. I could definitely oh. see them not putting that past her. You know, I could, you know, you just said something, and now because of that, you know, she's going to be one of the entrants in this year's Rumble. I don't think she wins it. I think she's in it, and I don't think she wins it, though. No, she won't win, but I think she'll be like Final Four, and they'll give her like the legitimate, like, she could fucking win this. Uh, maybe. Um, it comes down to who else is in it. Um, and with the Rumble coming up this month, actually, or next month, um, I think that if. I think Baszler wins the Rumble, in my mind, already. Okay. And if they have Baszler win the Rumble, I don't think you have Rhea in the top four. I think Okay, you have, I see that, because then it would be, be a little over, clashing. A little overkill. Um, I can okay. see her getting a monster run in the middle of it, though. Ooh. Um, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of women they could pull from this year. I'm actually a lot more excited for the Women's Rumble this year than I am for the men's. Just because the yeah. depth of NXT's women's division and NXT UK's women's division is so ridiculous. So, um, but yeah, getting back to it, definitely I have Rhea Ripley as the female rising star. I, am I correct in saying I thought you agreed with that one? Was that your pick uh, as well? Absolutely. I wrote it down, and actually I think we did the same thing, and I can even send you a picture. <laughs> I had Chris Statlander written down, yep. crossed her out. I wrote Rhea Ripley. And don't discount the fact that I do think next year we could be talking about Chris Statlander in the same breath. I think she's the future. Absolutely. I think she's the future of AEW's women's division. Um, so we move on from that to uh, men's rising star. Who do you think is uh, the future for the men's roster in professional wrestling? Honestly, for me, there's one guy who's a rising star. Because until about, what was it, June, I think it was, maybe July, I can't remember exactly, but he had a 20-minute draw with Cody Rhodes. I, You know, I'm glad you're picking him because he was on my short list for this. I love him. and I absolutely love him. I, Go ahead. I think in the short time I've seen Darby Allen work. Mm-hmm. He alone has impressed me this year more than any other worker. I would definitely agree with you there. Um, I didn't have Darby as my pick, but he was definitely a top one. He was the top candidate for it. Um, and you hit it on the head. He came out of not quite nowhere, but if you weren't following a lot of independent stuff, he absolutely came out of nowhere. And the crowd's taken to him very well. The crowd took to him better than I expected be honest and i love the guy they got so behind him when he was offered a title shot against jericho mm -hmm. uh his role in the early goings of AEW dynamite involving the inner circle and the battles and mm -hmm. kind of fighting alongside cody sort of ish while moxley and packer also weirdly involved which was awesome like well, there's something about the way darby works man think about the uh Think about how the crowd reacted to him challenging Moxley. 
awesome. Or uh, even think about even recently how the crowd reacted to him coming out and working with Cody again. Also awesome right. in a different respect because now it's like, oh, here I am. I'm not really an old foe, but Cody, you and I have history. We've got unfinished business. And yeah. You know, we fought to this draw, which means I'm probably as good as you, if not better. You know, we're both 0-1 against Le Champion. They've used him so, very well, and the crowd eats him up every time he's shows up at all. Yeah, he was one of the few that they did not have, and I understand because he had died at your show. But uh, <laughs> him not being on Dynamite when I was in Chicago was a letdown for sure. I can see I that. I really wanted to see a Darby see match. Um, yeah, Darby was definitely on my short list. Um, my, uh, male rising star, you've already talked a little bit about, um, I think will be a massive focal point over the next year and really the next few years, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Ooh, hell yeah. I'm better than you and you know it. Yep. MJF. And this is, I've heard this echoed on message boards, people I've talked to, you and I've talked about it. He is the future top heel in wrestling. Like he's he's still the greatest heel in wrestling. Young. He is still extremely young, so there's nowhere to go but up for him. But he has got the potential to be the best heel in professional wrestling, and sooner rather than later, the guy is just a natural heel promo. He can go in the ring, but he gets the outside the character stuff so well a natural heel so definitely 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 a rising star in my mind and going from uh a little bit of beyond a little bit on mlw you know getting to small markets and things like that to absolutely exploding with aew that is somebody that they absolutely need to and probably will be hitching their wagon to in terms of bringing that company forward I mean, I know the Dynamite Diamond Ring is nice and all, and it's like a cool thing, but really to be effective, and I think MJF needs it if he's not going to, and you know you're not going to put the, the world title on him right now. He needs a mid-card title, bro. Um, I, th- In just my opinion, I think that's what the ring is. I think No, I know, but I th- what I'm saying is yeah. I don't feel like that version of the ring is effective. Like when Cody had the ring of honor... It like meant something. I mean, right now, that's, MJF having that dynamite diamond ring. I'm just like, yeah, okay. I'd say, I'd say no. I agree with you, but he's already working it into the character where he's making people kiss the ring. I mean, okay. he's do you a, think that he'll ever have it be up for challenge though? I think somebody will force him to. I don't okay. think it's. I don't I think hope so. I don't think it's being initially marketed as a mid card title, but I think it will become the mid card title. To be honest with you, I don't mind that. I don't mind a ring being the mid-card title. Uh, like I've said before, uh, SCW used to do a medal for like a 15-minute Iron Man match was their mid-card title. And it's a, it, it's refreshing. It's something a little bit different. I kind of like it standing out a little bit. Um, okay. But yeah, I think, I think that is and will be the mid-card title going forward. Just my hunch. And I think that that is them putting that ring on him is they're giving him a mid card title for the time being. So um, I like it, bro. I like MJF. I think that Darby and MJF both 
have very fair claim to Rising Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give a shout but out. I cannot wait to see what we're talking about in regards to them this time next year. Yeah. I do want to give a couple shout outs to uh, a couple other Rising Stars on NXT. My big boy Keith Lee is definitely someone Absolutely they, they've breakout shown. Star. I, I only would the only reason I don't give him rising stars because again his his real rise has been the last month or so, two months. Like he absolutely had that that wonderful series with Dijak and I which I'm here for. I that's I bought into that before they signed both of them. But his push, their marketability push with him has only come since Survivor Series. So I think He's someone we'll watch next year and probably have that rising star on next year. But for this year, just a little bit late to the game. Um, and I think that just leaves us with the match of the year and performer of the year for men's Men and women's. women's I beach, think yep. so, yeah. This one, and these are the hardest ones. Definitely hardest ones. Um, let's go ahead and do the women's match of the year first, I think. Sure. I had a two-way tie, and I'm going to let you determine uh, based on what you say because I feel like one of them is going to be your pick. Um, but we'll see. Sure. So mainly I'm, I'm, I'm giving this, in my opinion, match of the year because it seemed least likely to be a great match, least likely to have the finish it had, okay. literally the greatest build in – modern women's wrestling that I've seen in a long, long, long time. Um, and it got me out of my seat a couple times. I'm not going to pretend. And that was Nyla Rose versus Riho for the AEW women's title. I I could see it. Um, to me, I have a hard time putting that. It was a great match. Don't get me wrong. I love that match. Uh, Riho is a fantastic underdog babyface and is just wonderful at it. I, to me, be, it, it was hurt by the fact that I didn't know either one very well. Um, to me, the build wasn't, wasn't as great. Um, like I, I expected them to put it on Nyla Rose just because I thought she was the most marketable one out of there. And I didn't know anything about Riho, period. Other than that she looked like she weighed about 25 pounds. So Human lawn dart. Right. And <coughs> I think it was one that I did not expect the match to go as well as it did and definitely didn't expect to get over as well as it did. Um in its own right, I mean, as a standalone match, I could definitely see it being up there with match of the year. I don't think it would have been my pick, but I can see the argument for it. Well, like I said, it was a two-way tie because my other one I think you're going to be more about. Sure. That was the women's war game match this year we just had, bro. It was so fantastically done. Right. That was actually my pick as, as women's match of the year. Boom. There you go. Hey, we're in agreement. We've um, arrived. Yeah. You, uh, it's it's a great match. Uh, it had it had a fantastic build, great action, great spots, fantastic ending. Came as part of a great weekend of wrestling for WWE. Um, Shocking twist. You had the wonderful heel turn right in the middle of it. Um, just everything came together very well, and 
I mentioned earlier tonight that how deep the women's roster in NXT is, and that's your example of it. Um, and every woman in that match shown, like look, like came out looking like a million bucks. Every last one of them. Um. So I definitely agree. That's my favorite match of the year, as far as or my my pick for women's match of the year. I struggled with this one a lot more than the men's match of the year, actually, because a the one that I initially thought I would probably put after looking back at it, I was initially going to put the women's triple threat from WrestleMania, the okay. Rousey, okay. Charlotte, and Becky. But to me, that match, in its own right, is not a very good match. The ending was kind of botched. And that build was so messed up the whole way through, like so overdone that it just killed that match for me. Um, coming at the end of the card, it just that match was not as big as it needed to be and should have been. And really not the fault of the match itself. It really just it wasn't what it needed to be to me. Um, the reason I really struggled with this one, though, and I, have to, I needed to make a point of calling this one out... Um, my favorite women's match of the year was an intergender match. So I couldn't I couldn't in good faith put it as my number one. My favorite women's wrestling match of the year was Mercedes Martinez and David Starr. Which is one of the best intergender matches I've ever seen, period. One of the best matches of the it was on my match of the year list of any gender, didn't matter. So, damn, I didn't want to put it necessarily as my best women's match because it was intergender, and I didn't want to have an asterisk next to it. But I want to mention that because it is my favorite women's wrestling match of the year. Mercedes Martinez okay. is a fucking living legend. Puts on an absolute banger of a match with David Starr, who is one of the best professional wrestlers walking right now. One of the most underutilized or underknown uh, wrestlers going. And they went on beyond and had a uncharted territory match at the beginning of the season. Went on for probably 20 minutes and had me on my edge of my seat the entire time. Just absolute fantastic match. So it may not be the best quote-unquote women's wrestling match, women's division match of the year. To me, it's my sentimental favorite, uh, my favorite women's match of the year. But in terms of women's wrestling match, you know, women's division, all women, Got to go with the War Games match. All right, man. So. Boom. Ship it. We've done it. You and I have talked a little bit about the men's uh, the men's matches. When actually we started putting these together, you asked me for what my top three or four was going to be that I was trying to decide between. I need to know what your men's match of the year is. I thought about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I thought about, and it's weird because I feel like that weekend just had something special about it. But to me, looking at all the different matches and, like, part of me, honestly, for a minute I had written down Pac Omega 2, which I got to see live, mm-hmm. which had some weight to it a little bit, I think. Just being there live gave me a different feel. Match I enjoyed the most this year as a whole for men's wrestling, though. Adam Cole, Pete Dunn, bro. I could see that. That was on my list. And... It was just yeah. those two are genuinely superstars that deserve all the praise. Absolutely. Um, and they stole the show at Survivor Series. Yes, they did, and deservedly so. Um, I've been a I've been a Pete Dunn fan ever since the first UK title tournament. Um, 
Same. And it made me extremely happy to see him getting the rub on a main roster pay-per-view because I've told you before, I wanted to see them bring him in for a new era evolution. I want Pete Dunne at the top of WWE. I love the guy genuinely. Um, that is a hell of a match. That was definitely on my list of uh, of ones that I considered and was very close to getting it. Um, those two had an absolutely great match. You're right, stole the show. I still, for the life of me, don't know how the fuck Adam Cole turned a bitter end into a Canadian Destroyer. I have watched that highlight too many times to figure out how the fuck he did it. I can't figure it out. So, <laughs> great, great match. And they delivered an NXT TakeOver main event in the middle of a uh, WWE pay-per-view and pulled it off seamlessly. It was an example of, hey, this is what we've been watching for the last five years. This is what you people been fucking missing. Um, definitely, definitely worthy. Um, for me, I actually, I gave you my list, and I'll, I'm going to run down a few of them that I considered as my top matches of the year. I went back and sure. rewatched uh, all of them, actually. Rewatched all the ones I had on my list. So, the short list being Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, uh, Cole Gargano at uh, TakeOver 25, uh, yeah. Shingo Takagi and uh, Will Ospreay, uh, Battle of the Super Juniors Finals. Uh, was a was very nearly my number one, um, and one that everybody needs to have watched. Kenny Omega and Phoenix, um, Kenny Omega Moxley was up there. Um, to me, I watched all these highlights, and it came back. The one I had picked out going in before I watched all my highlights was still the same. I couldn't find anything that topped it. To me, the match of the year was Walter and Tyler Bate from TakeOver Cardiff. Um, oh, yes. I have been <clears throat> unabashed in my, my love of Walter. Um, the guy doesn't look that scary, but is probably the most violent human being in professional wrestling. He makes everything he does look terrifying. And then you have Tyler Bate, who is this... I've, I've called him a prodigy on this show before. Um, that's a guy that, if you tell me in three or four years, is holding the WWE title, wouldn't shock me. The guy is one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet at 23 years, 22 years old. They have, to me, what is probably the best David and Goliath match, like big guy versus little guy match, I've ever seen. Uh, I would put that up against Andre the Giant versus somebody smaller. And that's as high a praise as I can give a big guy and little guy match. Walter and Tyler Bate had the best full stop David and Goliath match I've ever watched. And I would watch it again and again and again because they do such a good job of making Walter look so imposing and making Bate look like such a fucking underdog. And the near falls they pull off and the shit that Bates able to do and the finish of the match, everything about that. It is one of it's the best match I've watched this year. And one of the best matches I've seen in the last few cannot speak highly enough about it. Um, not very, no, not enough people watch NXT UK. I'm guilty of not getting to watch it as often as I'd like to, but 
go back and watch TakeOver Cardiff for that match. You will not remember. I love that both of our uh, match of the year had uh, the first two dudes that ever duked it out for the NXT UK Mm -hmm. title. Honestly, uh, you mentioned the two of them, Dunn and Bate. Their match at TakeOver Chicago, what, two years ago? Is to yeah. date one of my favorite matches I've ever watched. Period. Hands down. Um. But yeah, I I cannot discount Pete Dunn and uh, and Gar- and uh, Adam Cole as the number one. That is very, very, very worthy. Uh, so yeah, that leaves well, us with just the superstars. We're down to our final two categories, folks, in the awards ceremony tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're down to female wrestler of the year. Brother. Let's hear it. I think, in my opinion, (laughs) again, the special weekend that it was, her tryout to prove where she can go in the company as a whole came at Survivor Series. My female star of the year is Shayna Baszler. You know, that's... That's valid. That was... I think yeah. that regardless of the fact she just lost the title, she I can't is the longest that. reigning women's I can't argue that champ. at all. Um, I do think there's some credence to the idea that her title reign was kind of an albatross by the time it was over. I feel like it could have come off of her a lot longer ago and she'd still been a very valid uh, wrestler for them. There's still a lot True. of feuds she could have done without the title, but... There's nothing to dispute her being one of the most important people in wrestling, female wrestlers this year, definitely. Um, You know, she's someone that actually, when she first debuted, I didn't care for very much. Same. She's really won me over um, in terms of uh, what she's been able to do. She's always been able to do the character work really well. I never liked how, like, I felt like her matches were very slow and very deliberate. Um if you look back at her May Young classic stuff with like Kyrie Sane, but now she's proven that she can work with anybody and work a great style match. And she's another one like Cody that does a very good story. And I think that's something that can't be undersold. Hell yeah, bro. Who do you have? Um, mine, I kind of, I waffled a lot. I'm very seriously almost picked Baszler. Um, to me, I wanted to look at the, the body of work for the year and, she may have had some ups and downs in terms of creative, but I don't think there's anybody that can argue that Becky Lynch is still probably the most important female wrestler in the company right now. She started off the year as the absolute king of being over. She was the most over wrestler on the planet January, February of this year. You know, winning the uh, winning the Royal Rumble, going to main event WrestleMania in what should have been a great build and really in some ways still was a great build just very very overbaked um to winning to having two belts to being the first woman to defend both belts in one night like that she had the uh what was almost my my women's match of the year in the women's hell in the cell match was fantastic um oh yeah her and sasha right yep and right now she's got a very good program going with oscar uh, she's consistently stayed at the forefront of uh, 
the company the entire year. Um, from bell to bell, December or January through December, she's been the be all end all name in in WWE women's wrestling, and done it while you know maintaining a, a high quality of match con uh, match or excuse me, maintaining high match quality, maintaining great character work, uh, despite being saddled with some real stinker feuds. The uh, stuff with Seth, the stuff with. Um, Oh, uh, well, I can't think of your name. Um, Sassy Southern Belle, I just blanked on her name. Um, oh, um, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. Who I, I actually like Lacey Evans, but was not ready for her spot. Um, Lacey Evans had a better feud with fucking uh, Natalia. Lacey Evans is having a decent feud right now with Bailey, and I don't mind it. Her face turns not nice. bad. Don't sleep on Lacey Evans as a face by any stretch. Um, but I think consistency over the course of the year, Becky was the most important for the year. Uh, okay, I can agree with that, and she's still holding the gold. She's still holding the gold. The I will say the weight of her being the woman to win the the triple threat at WrestleMania and end WrestleMania definitely you know it weighs in her favor a lot. Um. And I do think that Rousey, Rousey was the wrestler of the year last year, hands down. Even with Becky's rise from Survivor Series on, Rousey carried that whole year. Becky carried this whole year. Um, I think you can look at probably Baszler. Again, I've already said I think Baszler wins the Rumble this year. So I can see Baszler being the top woman 2020. But I think Becky edges her out this year. Okay, I love it. So now we've come down to the the final one. one. Male star of the year. Who you got? He's the king of reinventing himself, man. I can't give him enough credit and love. He's my all-time favorite wrestler of all time. I have two title belts to signify him. I'm not mad at you. I ain't mad at you for this one at all. (laughs) Dudley champion in the history of professional wrestling, but... uh, the reinvention of Chris Jericho, a.k.a. the Painmaker, a.k.a. Le Champion. Mm-hmm. A.k.a. I the mean, GOAT. bro. The uh, bubbly boy is back in town. That's... I came extremely close to naming him his best. And it's that's absolutely valid, and I ain't mad at you for it by any stretch. That's a great cool, call. Cool, because I don't know how I would handle you if you were upset with me. I would probably cry. No, no, not at all. Um, he is, I mean, he's the fl- he's the flag bearer of AEW. He's the face of AEW. He has been since January 1st. From the moment they announced that he was in AEW, he has been the guy there. Um, I don't think his match quality has been great, but I don't really expect that from him either. But when you talk about name recognition, you talk about um, what he brings to the table and what he's done to bring attention to AEW over the course of the year. Can't fault it. That I mean, hell, just memes alone, he brought AEW to the forefront. You know, you had guys on ESPN doing a little bit of the bubbly. You've got, and you're you hit it on the head. He's in, reinvented himself. He's he's honestly has a compelling case for being the greatest wrestler of all time. And, and, you know, you can't understate that in the least. 
He would also earn Prop of the Year if that was an award for bringing back the lexicon of La Champion. <laughs> I'd give the you I'd know? give Prop of the Year to the bubbly. I have to I have to say. Yeah, I want to get a little bit of that bubbly and try it. You I know, heard it's good. Um, I did read uh, on Cage Side the other day that uh, they actually had a sommelier taste it, and it's not bad apparently. Uh, it's not bad apparently. It's actually half, they're not selling us dog yeah. shit. Woohoo! I'm not gonna lie. There was a there was a very uh, significant stretch of time where I thought I should get as a, you know a thank you for having me on as the co-host. I almost bought a two pack of the of the bubbly to send you one for Christmas because you can only buy it in two packs. So Damn, I was going to buy one for my bar and send what one I would to do. you. Do you drink a little bit of the bubbly? Do you save a little bit of the bubbly? Like I, I would, you know, for me, I would have kept it. I've got a little mini bar here. Uh, with, I'd keep it right alongside my uh, my Hellboy uh, fire water and my uh, my Chicago Cubs champagne that's never been opened. So uh, nice. it would have a place of honor there. I'm not a big champagne drinker myself, so it would definitely have a place of honor as a prop more than anything. Hell yeah, I love it. Sadly, it's just slightly out of my price range. <laughs> oh, I feel you. So I got to know. Uh, my top of the year, uh, again, I wanted to look consistency-wise and uh, match quality again and being the top of the card. Um, in terms of starting the year off, he's only he's only not been on a main card uh, once this year. I think he, was, he missed the very beginning of the year. But he's been either a main eventer or close to a main eventer on every takeover since. You mentioned him in your match of the year, Adam Cole. Adam Cole, Adam baby. Cole, baby, absolutely. The man I almost wrote him too. Is consistently great matches. His series with Gargano was phenomenal. Um, he had great matches with Riddle, with Dijakovic. He's had great matches with damn near anybody he's set foot. He had a hell of a match with Daniel Bryan on no prep whatsoever. Um, God damn, was that an awesome match? Yes, it was. Uh, finishing up the match with, uh, finishing up the year with, uh, with Dunn. Um, everything that he does, he is the perfect WWE superstar. He's a great worker. He's a safe worker. He can back up everything he says. He's a great character worker. Um, honestly, the only thing I can knock on him for is that he is a little too much of that cool heel where you don't really want to boo him. He doesn't, he's not MJF where he's just this absolute shitbag that you can't help but boo. He's the Kevin Owens heel that you still can't help but cheer for in its own way. You're like, I love you. God, I hate your face, but I love it. I mean, you hate his guts, but you still hear the entire arena when he gets on the apron of the ring, yell, boom. Synchronized. Just remember, folks, if you want to walk in to the most epic moment in your life this New Year's at 11.58.58, <laughs> start playing the Undisputed Era's theme so right at midnight you can go five, four, three, two, one, boom. Yep. It'll be awesome. I think... Again, I kind of the same way I looked at Becky Lynch consistency wise. He uh, really he was more consistent than Lynch was, but consistency wise, he is the best star that WWE has had all year long. And consistency wise, I think he's better than anybody else in the business. Um, 
from where he's been booking or his booking has been match quality, uh, importance into storylines, his promo ability. He's just, he's everything he needs them to be, or they need him to be rather. And I think the fact that they were willing to run him out at survivor series, you know, given those two title matches with Brian and then with Rollins and then with Dunn, the, you know, quick turnaround, the ladder match, the war games match, the title match in a row, they see big things for him as well. And the, the meme moment of the lifetime millennia getting for chucked into the Cole, fifth row, bounced yeah. into the 19th row. Yeah. Um, he is someone I think that I don't know if, if Vince sees it in him. He may, he may not, but if triple H is allowed to control the book, Adam Cole's your heel in WWE for the next 20 years or however long. Boom. Um, yet again. Yeah. If, Unless he doesn't re-sign because he really wants to go play with his friends in AEW. Maybe. They, I doubt it. I, I do doubt it because I think NXT and WWE have treated him so absolutely well. They've they've laid out every bit of red carpet for him and gave him the booking that they're not giving anybody else. So You right. You right. You got it. Um, and honestly, I still think... The, and, you know, I had... Undisputed Era is my tag team of the year. Um, Roddy, uh, despite not being Adam Cole and not being in that tag team, had himself a hell of a year. Undisputed Era was the faction of the year, hands down. Um, I still think that them having all the gold to finish up uh, the very first broadcast of NXT on USA was the absolute perfect call. Um, there's so much that they can spin out of that you know, prophecy of gold or whatever, that there's so many storylines that can spin out of the first person that loses it or causes somebody to lose it or whatever the case is. They've booked around Undisputed Era for the better part of a year and a half now, and they still can milk a lot more out of it without really getting it too stale. And Adam Cole Or the next thing they do it. is start adding new members. Please, no. Keep it at four. I don't, we don't need Undisputed Era Wolfpack. We don't you need don't that. want a fifth? No, no. I, I honestly, I uh, keep keeping them. I mean, they weren't going to be four at all. They were going to be just three of them. <clears throat> and, I know, and then Roddy got stuck in stasis of nothing to do. Well, I mean, he was at the time when they were just the three, Roddy was challenging for the world title. He was going after Bobby Roode. And That's having, true. And I forgot having, that did, in fact, yeah. happen. Yeah, you're right. And having very good matches against Bobby Roode. I thought they were going to put the title on him. But... When Bobby Fish goes out with a blown-out knee at a show I was actually at, uh, they had to call the Audible and put that fourth member in. They got a great heel turn out of it. They got the great moment at uh, TakeOver, I want to say it was New Orleans. Um, I think it was New Orleans, where you had Roddy turn on Pete Dunne. Um, and they fit in together. That four-man roster, it fits so well. Um, Undisputed Era, like I said, is a great, great... They don't need any tweaking as far as adding or taking people out of it. Um, you know, they, they... They would win Faction of the Year, in your opinion? Oh, without a doubt. Over Inner Circle? Without a doubt. Inner Circle's okay. too new and haven't got to do enough yet. Bingo. Well um, if Inner Circle, would, if the uh, Proud and Powerful had won the tag titles, maybe a little bit more credence to it, but... I don't think they're there yet. 
So no, I think Shit, I think yeah. Undisputed Era wins that one hands down. The sad thing is, you know, the last few years probably would have been Bullet Club, but I can't get behind the Jay White Bullet Club very well. I can't take him. Not really a Chase Owens fan, just saying. Yeah, Chase Owens is not really he's he is what he is. There's some I love the Girls of Destiny. I love Tamatonga. Bad Luck Fale is hilarious yeah. in his own right. Uh, yeah. I, I like the addition of Kenta to the group, but Jay White running Bullet Club, I just can't get behind. Jay White just annoys the shit out of me. He's not a bad heel. He's a great wrestler and a great heel, but I, I, he's oil and water for me. I can't take him. <laughs> and uh, kind of dreading the fact that there's a legitimate chance he could come away with both the title belts and, and New Japan after Wrestle Kingdom. Actually, before I forget, yeah. did you hear the uh, big development on Wrestle Kingdom this morning? came out today, actually. No. Um, they're not going to air it on the show because they can't air it on the show. I think there's still some licensing issues. Uh, they're going to have their first women's match. Really? Mm-hmm. I I don't know who it is. It's someone, Bushiroad, the company that owns uh, that owns New Japan, bought out Stardom earlier this year, uh, which is the premier uh, Joshi uh, promotion in Japan right now. And they're going to have a women's match at, I think it's day one of Wrestle Kingdom. There's still, I think, TV rights to Stardom haven't gone over yet, so... They can't have them. The match won't be televised, but it'll be part of the live show for everybody. But still, That's it's a radical, it's a bro. it's a step in the right direction for them, definitely. And uh, I'm trying to think what I can't look it up on my phone at the moment. The uh, Wrestle Kingdom's coming right up too. I believe I want to say in the next. Uh, I think it's the weekend after New Year's actually. Yeah, I think you're right. I uh, believe it might. Yeah, it's the 4th. It's uh, not this coming weekend, but uh, next weekend. So we may have some, uh, we may have to do a, a little bit of what we did for Full Gear, maybe do a little prediction show for Wrestle Kingdom. That would be the bomb I'm in. So, but that's all I got for the awards, though. I think, uh, what are your thoughts on 2019 overall? I got to hear, like, a, just kind of wrap up 2019 for me. I think it's pretty easy to summarize 2019. I think it's the year of the resurgence of pro wrestling. I'd agree. I think I think this is the genesis point we will look back in 20 years and be like, man, we were in the earliest hotbed of wrestling in 2019. And in 2020, it exploded. And in 2021, it might be at its pinnacle, you know? I think you're right. Um, uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes. I think we had a, a very interesting year in terms of timing because you had that announcement of AEW on the first of the year and you got the announcement, but we don't know what anything looks like. We didn't get the announcement of a TV deal for months after the fact. So no, we knew AEW was going to exist. We didn't know what in what format, but as the year progressed, you have WWE you know, their their stretch from January through April is always great. You know, their stretch of uh, the springtime going up to WrestleMania, WWE is always good. You're going to have some down some downbeats here and there, but by and large, their builds are always going to be great for that season. But as soon as that died off, as soon as WrestleMania ended, people start looking to the future, and WWE's booking after WrestleMania fell off a cliff 
main roster, Raw and SmackDown, fell off a cliff, and then all of a sudden now we get rumors that we have a competitor for WWE, possibly, in AEW. You get the news that, well, let's look. At, let's kind of break down some of the headlines from this year in wrestling. You have AEW gets announced. We have the women's main event at WrestleMania. On the heels of that, we get the announcement that Fox is buying SmackDown, which is huge. Um, from there, we go to the first part of the Saudi Arabia mishaps which is WWE somehow tied in with the headlines of Jamal Khashoggi. You have that in the early summertime. You have the start of AEW. You have this genesis of AEW starting to put on shows now and consistently putting on shows now uh, between Double or Nothing, Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, All Out. You know, four or five months in a row... Now we have AEW shows to compare it to. WWE just the first keeps huge defection. Worse. You have your first huge defection. You have the Moxley headline is massive. The Moxley interview with Jericho is one of the defining points of the year. Um, you get into the fall, and suddenly you now have uh, Impact is moving or um, Impact's now on Access. That's a big deal. It doesn't get quite as much credit, but it's still a big deal for them. And you have this budding lineup where now you have wrestling on. You and I have talked about it damn near every night. Uh, and then in October, we're immediately thrown into the new era Wednesday Night War of NXT versus... Uh, you have the the announcement of NXT going to... A USA, which you and I talked about a little bit earlier, uh, going up against Dynamite. Now you have two live shows on Wednesday night going head-to-head, which we haven't had in 15, 20 years. You have guys like uh, George Kittle, or Kittle, I think it's Kittle, from uh, the 49ers doing the Sarah Mieto. You have the little bit of the bubbly showing up on ESPN. You're starting to see pro wrestling bleeding into the mainstream just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more it's cool again man it started to be you're looking at what could be the genesis of the next attitude era it's a good time to be a pro wrestling fan uh you and i said that on our very first show together it is a great time to be a pro wrestling fan and this time last year you know prior to new year's none of us saw this coming you know, Christmas. No, not at all. Christmas of last year, there was no AEW, there was no NWA resurgence. You know, TNA or Impact's dying a death on whatever the hell Paramount channel it is. You have ROH has its own problems. Yeah, Ring of Honor is having weird issues of its own. You would almost say New Japan was really the next closest thing to the mm-hmm. WWE coming into last year. Even at the end of last year, the big question was, "Where's Kenny going? Where are the Bucks going?" Yep. You have a big shakeup coming in in, in uh, New Japan. And I don't think really anybody saw this year being what it became. We have the rise of women's wrestling is a major theme 
you know, you, we were just talking about Wrestle Kingdom, not just for WWE, but for everybody. You have NXT's women's division is what I said earlier is the deepest, is the best women's wrestling in North America. Full stop. We have streaming services left and right for different wrestling promotions. You have, I talk about the IWTV app all the time, but you have independent wrestling is booming. In an era where WWE is buying up everybody they can, independent wrestling is still a huge draw. I can't wait to see what 2020 looks like. It's gonna be huge. Do you have any predictions for next year? I feel that next year we will see more defections. I think the AEW will legitimize itself as top, top tier. Mm-hmm. I think that they will have their kinks fully worked out, and we will see a well-oiled AEW machine. I think so, too. That That is going to start to threaten the viability of what the WWE main roster product is, and that's NXT notwithstanding. I'm not going to include them in right. that because I think they're very special also right. being top-tier upper echelon wrestling. I think you start to see WWE leaning on NXT a little bit more like they did at Survivor Series because of it being their biggest fan base absolutely they're not hurting for money you're not WWE's never going to be hurting for money at this point um especially after the fox deal so i don't expect to see a great increase on raw or smackdown i i've i've gotten to the point where they're booking so bad that i don't expect it to get better because they don't have a reason to get better viewers aren't leaving and they've got the money to justify anything they do so I don't perceive Raw or SmackDown getting markedly better, but I can see them leaning on NXT more and more as their new... I'm not going to say their A-show, because Vince will never make Raw or SmackDown the B-show to developmental. But I can see them pushing more and more focus towards uh, towards NXT as the, uh, the one to watch, necessarily. Um... I think I think this is the year that you do see Shayna Baszler take over. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head with seeing more defections. Definitely. I think the uh, revival are as good as gone. Luke Harper's already gone, which is I'm happy as hell for. Um, there are other people that we may not have heard names that are wanting out that are going to get out. Um, I think you're absolutely right about uh, AEW ironing their kinks out and getting things right. And I think you start seeing more and more people think treating AEW as a place to go. Hell yeah. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Looking forward to, uh, to breaking it down. I absolutely agree, brother. Looking forward to breaking it down. And uh got to say, this is... Uh, about, what, uh, four months for me now that I've been doing JIW with you? Your yes, take? sir. Got to say, I've, uh, I'm looking forward to next year. Me too, man. And we're going to see you guys on the other side of 2019. We'll see you in 2020. Is there anything else you want to add, Buckles, before we get ourselves out of here? Uh, just a quick reminder, I am going to put all of the uh, all the categories and stuff, the awards that we gave out, all the categories are going to go up on the Facebook page either tonight or tomorrow. 
likely tomorrow. But uh, if you're listening to the show tomorrow, which I guess would be tomorrow being Christmas Day anyway, when you're you know unwrapping your presents while you're listening to us babble on, uh, unwrapping a new episode of JIW, as it were, uh, check out the Facebook page. You get a chance. Let's hear. I want to hear what everybody else's opinions are. Hell yes, absolutely agree, folks. As always. You can check out Journey Into Wrestling right here on the Journey Into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. One feed is all you need. Also, go to patreon.com backslash journeyintocomics and give us a dollar. That'll help us out very much. You'll get some new exclusive content and big changes coming to our Patreon very soon. I think that is going to do it this week, folks, for Journey Into Wrestling Season 4, Episode 7. It's the award show. Take my money and my pants. I've been Nate. (laughs) Ben Buckles here. And as always, folks, we will see you guys later. And it's Christmas, so I hope you all enjoy a little bit of the bubbly. Later, guys.